Please be seated. Let's get one thing out of the way immediately. In light of today's gospel, to use a painstaking pun, it would be like shooting fish in a barrel, whatever that means, to talk about how Jesus shows up as an expert fisherman as he tells the disciples where to cast their nets. Or just as eye-rolling with that talk of fish being cooked over a charcoal fire to compare Jesus to a great chef such as Eric Repair, who specializes in seafood and has a world-famous restaurant in New York. You see, in preaching to a group of moderately liberal Episcopalians in a college town, sermons about, let's say, fly fishing or the foodie movement would play right into the stereotype of everything that everybody else thinks about us. Now, having said that, I will admit that having Jesus show up as either fisherman or chef would be consonant with what I like to preach about. How it is that the risen Christ shows up in the guise of people such as assembly line workers and short order cooks and even those awful family members we don't like. I do it so often that my canon, Jason Alexander, this past Thursday called me the resurrection bishop. It's my shtick. But today's lessons from the book of Acts and the gospel of John can be seen in a different light. Not so much about the guise under which the risen Christ shows up, but the timing of such appearances. It ends up that he does so at the most inopportune of times. In the gospel, we learn that whatever might have happened after Good Friday, and however it was that the disciples had already seen the risen Christ, it has apparently not been life-changing in any sort of foundational way. They've gone back to their old lives. They've gone back to work. And they're not very good at what they do. And to top it off, when Jesus shows up, Peter happens to be naked. In the confluence of events of when you want the risen Christ to show up, is that the time? Then in the book of Acts, Jesus shows up on the scene at an even worse time. The guy named Saul, whose name is ultimately changed to Paul the Apostle as we know him, well, he's out there trying to arrest Jesus' followers. The report is that he is breathing threats and murder against them. Just then, Jesus shows up. It's the absolute opposite time of when a religious person would want to have someone divine show up. And Saul certainly calls himself religious elsewhere in the New Testament. Now those are two small glimpses into history. And they make for two of the better remembered stories in the New Testament. But the biblical witness is not simply historical. It is equally a study of current affairs, of the current condition of humankind. And what we're hearing in these stories as they relate to us is that God does indeed walk into the messiness of life. It's where God chooses to be. I would go so far as to say that these are incarnational stories as appropriate for Christmas as they are for Easter. Particularly in the case of John's gospel where there is no birth narrative, 
This story of Jesus showing up among people, experiencing the hard realities of everyday life, could just have easily been placed at the beginning of the gospel. It's simply a story of how the divine shows up on the scene when least expected. Incarnation. As a friend of mine in Little Rock says, the actual birth of Jesus was far from the Christmas image of angels and an adoring father and a mother dressed in blue. Neither are these events. They involve labor and nakedness and shame and fear and blindness. In the case of Paul, literal blindness. In the case of the first disciples, figurative blindness. I don't know about each of you, but for me, there's a lot about myself that I'm not very proud of, aspects of my life that make me wince and sometimes cringe. There are parts of me I don't want others to see. Ordination did not bring perfection. Sometimes I try to be so good at compartmentalization, and I suppose that's the case for many others as well, because even our language and our custom give us opportunity to do so by dividing the world into the secular and the sacred. And even the church gives us that chance. As in our very baptismal liturgy, we use such phrases as, do you renounce and do you turn to indicate a turning from the world and toward God. But these stories today tell us that God is not so quick to divide, to choose to be in the sacred rather than the secular, but is willing to step into and across the divide. God is willing to step into the messes and embarrassments that we find ourselves in and change them, help us see them in a new light, as evidenced when the disciple whom Jesus loved finally understands who's standing in his midst, and as evidenced when something like scales finally fall from Saul's eyes. You see, that's the first step in finding good news, seeing when it is that the unconditional love of God in the guise of goodness, shows up. By the time these stories were written, Christians were beginning to talk about the risen Christ in terms of the body of Christ, of how it is that we see the risen Christ in one another. And that becomes the second step in finding good news. It becomes evangelism. We Christians will look at the people around us complete with all those human messes and embarrassments and see something holy in them, and want to stand in the midst of them. There's no longer a world divided into secular and sacred because the sacred steps into the secular. We see people differently precisely because we see Jesus standing there at the most inopportune of times. We don't cut ourselves off from an evil world. We start acting like the risen Christ and stepping into difficult situations ourselves, proclaiming God's love for every last person and banishing shame. By the time that Good Friday rolled around, we proclaimed that Christ had died. As this Easter season continues, we proclaim that Christ is risen. If we want to be around when Christ will come again, then live into these lessons that we heard today. Replicate them. When we see a situation where nothing is working out as hoped for, where there's embarrassment, take the church there. When we see a situation where the shame of wrong choices is overwhelming, take the church there. 
don't wait for when the opportunity seems to be right. Be like Jesus. Simply show up, be it at a workplace or on someone's frightening journey. That's the way that the world around us is finally going to see and understand and acknowledge the risen Christ, that Christ about whom we make such a fuss at Easter and at Christmas. Amen.